a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Is that Jesus can return at any time. He's not waiting for a Japanese nuclear power plant to melt down. No. The thing that's holding him back is his patience and love for lost humanity and nothing else. Uh, There there are no events that need to occur before Jesus comes back. And so seeing all the things that happen around us and saying, hey, hey, that means Jesus is coming. The answer is no, no. That's wrong. That's the wrong way of looking at it. Jesus can come at any moment. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. And Luther says the only way that uh, the pronoun me and God could be in the same sentence is by this verb, have mercy. I've, got, I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they, they feel like wine. Bull rider. Yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember and them I'm all either. Up. They're just too numerous. <laughs> My apologies. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Uh, here with Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, I'm Evan Gigline. Uh, how you feeling today, the Pastor? Pool rider. <laughs> Good enough to record a show. <laughs> that In other words, much. pretty bad. <laughs> Good. Good enough. I don't know what's for going on today? Then. I got, I got I, it's like a, a headache kind of peeking around the corner at me, and a stomach ache is kind of just. You know, winking at me. It's uh, it's not like I'm sick, but it's it's just like I've got great potential to be sick at any moment. All right. Well, I've got Doctor Fakincher on standby, so he's ready. He's kind of like the <laughs> yeah. emergency response team. You know, if if I hear a big <laughs> whap in your office, I'll just I'll just call him in. I'll page him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We, I was gonna start writing the rubrics for Hope Lutheran Church uh, for what happens if I if I fall asleep or if I die during the service. So. <laughs> Is it the same? procedure or is it no different rubrics oh, if okay. i fall asleep during the service it's everyone leaves quietly oh. <laughs> <laughs> and if i die someone has to drag me out oh. uh so anyway. it, it, every, everyone has to put their finger to their nose the last person to, to do that has to uh, drag your body out right you know that game where you you don't want to do something safe okay all right uh yeah, i've seen that I got my finger in my nose right now. <laughs> so do all our listeners. Yeah, that's right. Well, after we do some buzzwords, uh, we're going to... I have written down um, the apology of the praise song cruncher, and I, I'll see how that goes. We, we've we've been uh, getting uh, a little, you know, above average feedback for the, from, the, from the praise song cruncher lately. Like two emails, so uh, we're going to talk yeah, about that. Yeah. The the good and the bad That's of the phrase zero. on Cruncher, <laughs> and then we're going to play uh, this new game in light of this week's broadcast uh, for Holy Week uh, called "Order the Events of Holy Week." Uh, pretty uh-huh. straightforward. It's Holy Week this week, by um, the way. I, by the way, only want to play games from here on out where the rules of the game are in the title of the game. <laughs> it's like that movie, Snakes in a Plane. I always wonder what it's about. You know? So, yeah. order the events of Holy Week. I wonder how that game works. Hmm. Yeah, look out for the sequel, Snakes in a Boat. <laughs> <laughs> Snakes in a Seminary and Dorm Room. I mean, it doesn't really really leave you wondering what's going to happen at the end. Or, like, how, how's this plot going to build? 
Um, we had uh, we could have done our sequel here at Hope, uh, Squirrel in the Pastor's Office, a couple of months back. <laughs> I had to have it on Vicarage when I was preaching. Uh, a squirrel was, was running up and down the ceiling tiles, kind of scratching his way on. <laughs> so, nice. I didn't really incorporate that into the sermon. Maybe I should have. Yeah, you got to be uh, aware, you know, self-aware yeah. during the sermon. Yeah, mm. I'm rarely mm, self-aware. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and then the end of the show, if we have time, we're going to play the predictable pastor and the predictable oh, yeah. seminarian. So uh, this is where we read a quote or play a news clip or uh, talk about something that's going on, and then uh, the other person, uh, the other contestant, has to to just react to it, give comments, opinions about it, and we see how what we can predict from the person's response. So... Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, stay tuned for that. But first, we're going to do some theological buzzwords. And, Pastor, the theological buzzword I have for you is imputation. Uh, the theological oh, nice. buzzwords, by the way, are uh, just these theological words we define at the beginning of the show. And the point of the game is to uh, work the theological buzzword into the conversation as naturally as possible. So imputation. Um, imputation is is accounting accounting. Um, from one person to another, something they do not deserve. And this could be good or bad. Uh, for example, a, a good thing of imputation is that uh, we have um, uh, a righteousness imputed to us from Christ, Christ's righteousness imputed to us uh, as, as a gift. Um, so that, that, that's a good thing. Um, maybe a, a bad thing <laughs> is our sins being imputed to Christ. That was, you know, was bad for him. Uh, he, he, was, he took on the whole wrath of God for it. Uh, but good for us, because uh, by that imputation of our sins to Christ, we uh, have the imputed righteousness of God uh, to us. Right. like it. Uh, my theological buzzword for you is general epistles, or I will also receive Catholic epistles. Now, uh, what this is is a section of the New Testament, um, the writings of the apostles, that were not addressed to specific people. So uh, the general epistles are going to be Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, First, uh, Second, Third John, and Jude. The, these are the books uh, in the New Testament um, that are that are not gospels, and they're named after their author. Uh, Paul wrote all the other epistles, you know, like First uh, Corinthians and, and Ephesians, but they're named after who they were sent to. The general epistles are named after their, who they're sent from, and therefore the whole church. So I would like to make that your buzzword. You got it. General epistles or Catholic epistles? All right. Let's go to the Table Talk Radio mailbag. If you have a comment or question for us, you can send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org. Be quiet over there. Uh, Or you can uh, send us, uh, give us a call on our voicemail system at 1 800. Do you remember the three numbers, Pastor? 476. Hey, no. 385-SOLA. 1-800-385-SOLA. I didn't even get one. Sola. <laughs> I wonder what the odds of not even getting one right. I don't know. But. 33%. I bet it's like 60% against not getting one. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we, we, we'll dig into the Table Talk Radio mailbag from time to time. And uh, this one, uh, we're going to be kind of addressing our feedback from to, that we get to about the Praise Song Cruncher. Uh, that's been coming in recently. And there's this one, Hi, Table Talkers. I'm a new listener, perhaps number 15, and I am complete... No, I think 12. Oh, we 12. lost a few yeah, last right. week, so... 
Okay, got 11, it. 12. Cross it. 12. Okay, uh, I'm a new listener and uh, am completely addicted already. Uh, there are support groups for uh, for such addictions. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> oh. I, am, I am often tasked with selecting anthems for our worship service and always feel like a big meanie when I have to turn down suggestions uh, that just seems inappropriate to me somehow. Thanks to your praise song cruncher, I now have a more objective way to evaluate selections and show others how to do the same. You have ruined all praise music for me, and I can't thank you enough. <laughs> and uh, Doing so, our public service. That's right. And uh, Gene sent in some uh, church signs, too, but we'll address that in a, in a later show. Uh, so uh, that's that's you know a positive feedback from the uh, praise song cruncher trying to bring some objectivity to analyzing the praise songs that are out there. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. But we do have some negative feedback, too. Do you want to say some more about that, or are you ready for this one? Oh, let's go Let's go on with yours. Hey, guys, once again, thanks for maintaining the mediocrity. You're welcome, Dan. Uh, this is Dan in North Dakota. Uh, he says, by the way, at the end, ND stands for North Dakota, and we are a real state. In fact, some <laughs> of our roads are even paved. That's good to know now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for maintaining the mediocrity, but I must say, for some reason, I found the March 29 show to be fantastic. I wish I could help identify what was so great about it, but I really can't place my finger on it. Uh, does that doesn't happen to be the show where Dr. Fakinsher was on, does it? Uh, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I don't know. I just realized that. So I'm reading the email. I'm gonna, I'll look at uh, that while you keep reading. All right. Regarding your impoverished cat cow, the praise song cruncher, as you asked for it, so I must admit that I don't really like it. I realize that I've submitted material to you before for it, but I think you have better games. One thing I don't like is that it makes me actually have to listen to the songs. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing is that since most worship songs really suffer from the exact same problems, it results in very little variety in the segment. I think that for this reason, the bearded pastor has fallen into a rut of offering the same criticism of each song. Perhaps. Uh, now, I would say, I'll just pause to uh, interject there. I think that's... Uh, part of the point here is we we want to show how there's a material principle to the praise song, the material principle of mysticism. So it's kind of an unmaterial material principle, if you will. <laughs> oh. Okay, Dan continued. Perhaps uh, the biz- biggest reason I'd like to hear less of it is so that I can hear more good Lutheran theology that exists in your other games. I think confessional Lutheranism would be better served by using your show to promote sound doctrine rather than just using sound doctrine to expose false or shallow doctrine. There certainly is a place for proper discernment, but it's better to be identified for what we stand for, not for what we stand against. I agree with that. Uh, there's a little more here. I don't wish the praise song cruncher to disappear altogether, and I don't expect that it will. I'll offer a few suggestions that may uh, have come to me that may or may not have come to me mystically. Number one, <laughs> regarding the bump music for it, I think it's okay to adopt an official praise song cruncher theme song. A uh, certain other Lutheran radio show has a standard bump music for their soundbite of the week and blog of the week segments that works. I'd suggest More Than a Feeling by Boston. It'll give the listeners pumped for the cruncher, like an opening praise song gets the audience pumped for the praise time. <laughs> Don't announce it's coming up. Just cue the music and dive into a song. <laughs> well, how about that idea? Is this a surprise? Surprise attack of the praise song cruncher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I've been <laughs> mugged by the praise song cruncher. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, is there more to this email? We'll catch you after the break. Yeah, a couple more points. We'll go through it briefly after the break. All right. So stay tuned for more Table Talk Radio.
Hi, this is Jonathan Fisk, and if you are interested in hard-hitting, dynamic, 200-proof Lutheran doctrine, then whatever you do, don't listen to Table Talk Radio. Watch Worldview Everlasting. There is no way to capture the wonderful gifts that the Lord gives in baptism, but I've worked on a baptismal certificate that tries, that tries to capture the scriptures and the Lord's teaching of grace and mercy and forgiveness in baptism. Baptismal certificates that you can hang on the wall and treasure for a lifetime. If you go to wolfsoncreative.com, you can find these certificates, order them for your church or for your family as well. That's W-O-L-F-S-O-N-C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E dot com. And welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are talking about our Pray Song Cruncher via our feedback from our listeners, which you can send in at questions at tabletalkradio.org. Uh, what else What else could make this better, Pastor? Consider doing just one at a time and save the rest of the segments for something else. Look for more songs that might actually pass. Uh, there are not many, uh, but anyway... If it's a problem with style and instrumentation, what's the point of examining the context when it's doomed from the start? That probably has to do with this last song that passed the cruncher and then send us send us into a bit of a tizzy. Uh, and then fourth point, make it a game for listeners. Post the song on the web, website or Facebook page. Hey, Evan, we got a Facebook page. Hmm. And then have listeners rank the clarity, mysticism, as well as identify whether or not Jesus is mentioned, along with how he's mentioned, law, gospel, explicit, false teaching. You can have them comment on the usefulness of the song, and then you can pick a winner for each song and award me meaningful Table Talk Radio points, says <laughs> I see what we'll this is all about. That. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this whole long thing was a ploy to get more Table Talk Radio points. You know, we get these a lot. Usually, Times they're... are tough these days. <laughs> That's right. People do whatever it takes. Um, well, let's respond to this. Well, let me, I'll, I'll respond to the comment about uh, music selection. I'm happy to say that we don't look for the praise songs um, they're submitted to us Pray by our listeners. Find us. And we yeah, we haven't I mean we haven't <laughs> sought out to find praise songs uh since the very beginning as we started doing this. Uh, ever since then people have been sending them in. So I mean uh, I just kinda go down the list. Sometimes sometimes suggestions from listeners don't really fit the praise song crunchers, so I don't use them, but I just kinda go down the list and so if they're good, there's they're good ones submitted by our listeners. If they're bad, they're bad ones submitted by our listeners. And, and we do yeah. ask that, you know, please, if you have some praise songs to submit, please email them in at questions at tabletalkradio.org. Uh, but we do ask that they're actually used in worship. The point is that we're analyzing the, the theology that goes on in churches today. Um, don't, don't just send us a, a song from your favorite CD. Now, here's something else, too, about the praise song cruncher. And, and the reason why I think it's, it is an important uh, endeavor uh, this, I mean, really, this, the centerpiece of our Christian life is divine service, is worship. And so what happens there is supremely important. Now, I don't think we just have people listening to the show that just go to liturgical churches. I mean, I think there are people out there that um, who have churches that they're, they have praise bands and this sort of thing. And I think they're struggling with this sort of thing. The praise song cruncher, the whole point of it is to give a a shape to the conversation it's so that it's not just, hey, I don't like that. I mean, I, I don't know how much feedback we've had where people would say, I, I didn't like it, but I didn't know why. Or I thought I liked it, but I wasn't sure. In other words, the praise song cruncher is to bring some objectivity to this to this thing that's very subjective. Uh, and I think, I, and I, I hope, Evan, that we're adding something to the conversation. 
uh, about worship because these worship wars is what they're called. They've been going on forever, but it's it's kind of stuck. And I think to take the idea of mysticism versus uh, external gospel gifts and to apply that sort of thing is a is a helpful way um, to do it. But we will we'll be careful too because there's a lot of other stuff that we do now. The, one of the advantages of Praise Song Cruncher is that it doesn't take much prep work. That's one of the reasons I like it. <laughs> well, you know, you're not, you're not the one that has to you know edit the music and yeah, yeah, I'm not really why, the one that like has it. to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> you just kind of roll out of bed and sit in front of the microphone, don't you? Well, sometimes I get out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can sit up the. The uh, the mic stand, so you don't have to you know just roll over and yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, an, another <laughs> another response because uh, because he brought up the issue of uh, style, right? And so the yeah. question is, why do we even bother analyzing content if all we're going to do is criticize the style? Um, style is a topic, but it, I agree it's maybe a different topic than content. Um, that you're you there is theology attached to style. That style isn't just a matter of preference. Um, but but uh, the, the the way that you worship the style in which you worship does form and is reflective of your theology. So there is a valid conversation there. Um, but I think you're right, Pastor. That we this last one that we did, um, I don't know what show that was. It was in the last few weeks that uh, we had a, a praise song and it passed the cruncher. It, it did a it did a good job. What we were avoiding though is someone saying that aha, uh, we can start you know we can abandon then the liturgical service for contemporary worship. That wasn't what we were trying to communicate. What we were saying, though, was with, within the uh, the realm of contemporary worship, 99% of all praise songs is mystical, and that, that's the problem with it. So there, there might be a few good ones, but that isn't to abandon the liturgy, which is uh, 0% mystic and 100% objective gifts given to you by God's Word and the sacraments. Uh, you don't you don't want to trade that for one good praise song. Yeah, that's right. Although you, I do think you could have mystic liturgy. In fact, I'm sure of it. It's called the Eastern Orthodox Church. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're talking about the uh, divine services uh, as uh, we have it in, in in really in Luther's revision of the Latin Mass. Uh, this is where everything comes now objectively. Yeah, and, and so even I mean I guess I should qualify that because even within our Lutheran liturgy. Um, it can be treated mystically. So, I mean, you can mm-hmm. ignore the objective gifts which are given to you externally that uh, are actually communicated to you through sentences with subject, verb, and object uh, and, and Christ crucified for you. And you can uh, look past those objective gifts and say, oh, but uh, it's this mystical experience I get to receive the Lord's Supper. Uh, it's this mystical experience that you know all these angels are flying around uh, and you know, so you you can you can miss the main point of it for the for the mysticism of the of the divine service. So that's yep. true. That's true. Yep. Yep. And not bad. True yes. and bad. Okay. Very good. All right. What's let's up next on this nonsense thing? Order the show? events of Holy oh, Week. Oh yeah, this is not nonsense. This is nice. Now, I a couple years back when I had ambition, I I went I, I worked on this for about a year and a half. I put together a passion history. It probably wouldn't have taken that long if I would have just looked on the Internet for someone else to do it. <laughs> and that's anyhow. my ambition. My ambition is just a Google search. <laughs> we have, uh, we have uh, the history of the events of Passion Week. Now, Passion Week is uh, the last week of our Lord's life uh, before the crucifixion. So we start on, it starts on uh, Palm Sunday, 
and extends through Holy Week. That's that's the week that we're in now. If you're listening to the show when it's coming on, when it's coming out, Holy Week. So we have uh, Palm Sunday, Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, or uh, the Thursday of the New Testament, uh, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then Easter Sunday. Though that's that's Holy Week, and the Bible spends uh, the bulk of the time of the Gospels is spent on this one week. In fact, Matthew's 28 chapters, the triumphal entry is in Matthew chapter 21. So 21 all the way to the end, that's uh, that's eight chapters, uh, deals with this. Mark is 16 uh, chapters. The uh, triumphal entry is in uh, chapter 11. Luke is 24 chapters. The triumphal entry is in chapter 19. And John is 22 chapters. And the triumphal entry is in John chapter 12. So, so the bulk of the Gospels is spent on this one week of Jesus' life. Now, the way this game works is, so I've got this printed out. It's a little PDF thing. And can we put a link to it on our website or something? It's on the church website. I think I put it up on the Worldwide Wolf Mule for this week. Uh, but I'm going to put three events, and I'm going to have Evan put them in order, uh, which happened first, second, and third. Right? Hey, I really like your confirmation certificate here. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was just looking at it myself when you were talking, thinking to myself, what a nice confirmation certificate. You guys know that uh, if you're listening that I, we did this uh, a baptismal certificate, old-fashioned baptismal certificate. It's electronic. So we now have a confirmation certificate, too. It has a place to put the confirmation verse in there in the bottom. What do you think about that? That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, that is cool. And then we got the Ten Commandments and the Bronze Serpent. So we have on the left side the woodcuts. So that's law and gospel. And then on the right, the Lord's Supper and Michael destroying the devil. I wanted some kind of gruesome woodcuts cause, so the boys would like to hang it in their room. There you go. And then we did these icons for the six chief parts at the top. You see that? Yeah, and, that's cool. Uh, Jason too. drew, he did those. I mean, he kind of took the model from the old catechism and redid them. And uh, so that's uh, so that's what we have there. So, so Wolfson, WolfsonCreative.com. Dot com, yeah. If you, by the way, if you want to get this thing and you're hearing about it here on Table Talk Radio, then you j- let me know, and then uh, Table Talk Radio gets a cut for advertising. I think so far it's like ninety percent, like, right? Is that, is that right? <laughs> yeah. Haven't we? Haven't hasn't hasn't Table Talk Radio made like uh, two dollars and fifty cents or something? That's fantastic. That's great. Amazing. <laughs> that, okay, that, so <laughs> that, that that supplies us for three months right there. We have our we have our own uh, Luther seal. Do you see that thing on there too? Yeah, yeah. So Jason built that from that was from a picture. Uh, that that Luther seal is designed on a picture of a paver in Germany, right outside the Luther house. That I took a picture of, and Jason used it to design that seal there. That's fantastic. Work. Sorry, I distracted us with that. Hey, we're gonna talk about Holy Week right after this break, and uh, we're gonna play this game, order the events of Holy Week. So. Uh, Pastor, you just got done explaining it. Now we're gonna now we're gonna play it. But uh, don't go away because we're gonna do that right after this commercial break. You go away, you can't play. Table Talk Radio, where theology meets immaturity. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, and you are still in your sins. That's what St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians. Christianity is unique in that it is based upon historical fact. None of the other religions are that in which if you could disprove one historical fact, the whole religion would crumble. But that's how it is with Christianity. If you can disprove that Christ 
did not raise from the dead, then there is no such thing as Christianity. That's the topic of a debate for a live Table Talk radio presentation, Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? The debaters is Dr. David Scare of Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and author of the book, What Do You Think About Jesus? versus Dr. Robert Price, fellow for the Jesus Seminar and author of the book, The Case Against the Case for Christ. This all takes place on Pirate Christian Radio, Sunday night, May 15th, from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can call in live to pose your questions to the debaters. Listen to Table Talk Radio Live, a debate, Did Jesus Rise from the Dead, on Pirate Christian Radio, May 15th, from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Disappointing week after week. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> All right. I sometimes just feel like I get so built up with uh, the bumper music, and then, then the hosts start talking, and it just lets me down. I know. Just let it play. <laughs> That's what I say. Every time I listen to our show, I'm like, man, that music's nice. Except for last show, <laughs> yeah, or whatever right. that was. When you had the guacamole song. <laughs> you didn't like the guacamole song? Oh, man. All right, uh, what, what do you got? Uh, we're going to order the events of, of uh, Holy Week. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you three events, and you put them in order. First, uh, the Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. Second, Jesus teaches about the end of time. Third, Jesus cleanses the temple. Okay. Um, Garden of Gethsemane is definitely last. I'll put that at three. Because uh, I think all this, because once once you get to the Garden of Gethsemane, it all just kind of happens, like poof, what's going on? Um, so I think that the the end times teaching is connected to the cleansing of the temple because in the end times teaching you have Jesus saying that uh, that the temple will be destroyed and people are going, okay, come on. And Jesus was talking about himself. Um, so I think that the cleansing happens first and then and then. So my order is uh, number one, cleansing of the temple. Number two, teaching of the end times. And then three, Garden of Gethsemane. You are right, Evan. All right. I haven't done this in a long time. I'm writing down some points for you. <laughs> you haven't uttered those words for a long time either. <laughs> 200 points. So now, now here's one of the complicated things about sorting out the chronology is the, the, this Monday, Holy Monday and Holy Tuesday. But with this way we have it is Jesus has a triumphal entry on, Holy Sa- on uh, Palm Sunday. Then comes back, goes back to Bethany. Then comes back for the uh, Monday and cleanses the temple, and then he's back to Bethany again, and then back to the temple on Tuesday, has his last public teaching there. And then when he's leaving the temple on Tuesday, heading back to Bethany again, uh, he sits on the top of Mount Olives and tells about the end. That's Matthew 24 and 25. Then uh, the Garden of Gethsemane is, uh, of course, after the Lord's Supper on Friday night uh, when Jesus takes his disciples, and that's where Judas comes and betrays him with a kiss. Nice. That was a fun game. <laughs> Do you want it? Don't you want some oh, more? Oh, yeah. There's more? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's hit it. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jesus uh, commends the widow for giving her last mite. That's one. Jesus makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. That's two. And Jesus washes his disciples' feet. 
That's three. Okay, this is a little bit more tricky. Um, of the three, I'm going to put Jesus washing the disciples' feet because that occurs um, at the Last Supper. Um, so that's late. Uh, of the of the ones you mentioned, I'm pretty sure that that's late. Mm-hmm. So my only dilemma here is, did Jesus comment on the widow with the mite before or after the triumphal entry. And, uh, hmm, boy, I can go either way. I will say that the triumphal entry was first. So my order is, number one, the triumphal entry. Number two, Jesus comments on the widow's might. And then number three, Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. Right. Whew. You got it. Now, so I, I think I spoke wrong. I think I said Garden of Gethsemane Friday, but that's uh, that's wrong. It would be, I mean, th- Thursday night when Jesus washes his disciples' feet and also institutes the Lord's Supper, uh, etc. That's Monday, Thursday. Uh, but then it is uh, as after nightfall that they go into the garden. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, some great texts here too that uh, we can't really you know spend too much time on. But you know, this this woman uh, gives uh, you know uh, just. A little, the little bit that she has, uh, and 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 Jesus commends uh, that what it is done because it was done out of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now that, that we're learning that these um, so-called good works are not good because they serve thy neighbor, although that is the point. Uh, for a good work to be good before God, quorum Deo, it must be done out of faith. Um, that that we don't do these because of any of our best interests, but they're done as a fruit of faith. Um, and then, uh, oh, this Jesus washing the disciples' feet. This is just fantastic. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, you, you've been following this rabbi around teaching uh, on 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 all of this for uh, about three years now, and uh, you know some of the disciples have even already professed Jesus uh, to be God. And here, here you have God, and which is you know. Can you imagine trying to wrap your head around that as as a Jew at the time? That 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 God is standing in front of you in human flesh, and then what is He doing? He's washing your feet. He, he's serving you. You know, I mean. But this is the whole point of the incarnation and, and the gospel that that uh, God comes to us and uh, He serves us. He gives us His gifts. I mean, this is this is just totally absurd to the natural mind. That's right, and wonderful. Maybe yes. not to the natural mind, because it doesn't like it. Did you get a buzzword in there? I wasn't paying really close attention. I don't think you did. So know, I'm giving you 200 I? points for that. That's 400 <laughs> points. Now, here's the bonus round. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. I'm giving you six events. <laughs> That's right. And you got to get it perfect, because some of them are going to be easy. <laughs> okay. Peter's denial. Jesus examined by Anna, the high priest. Oh, okay. Or the father-in-law of the high priest. Peter's denial. Jesus examined by Annas. Jesus appears before Herod. The first appearance before Pilate. The second appearance before Pilate. And Jesus appears before the Jewish Sanhedrin. So that's six events. All right. <laughs> You're doing this on purpose because when we talked about this game Yesterday, I said the only thing that would be hard was, would be where Jesus appears all these uh, people. Okay. Um, 
I got another. I just thought of another bonus round for after this. This is. I don't know if we'll have time. <laughs> we will. Okay. Now, actually, I mean, what we're talking about here, these events that kind of go from sundown on Friday night until sunup on, on Friday morning, uh, is um, these are kind of the key. And to sort them out is it's it's kind of complicated, but we got we want to have it in our mind for when we hear the passion reading this week. So these are some. So this will be good to sort this thing out. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Okay, I'm I'm trying to start because this is this, this is tough because knowing the order of of which Jesus appeared before these different guys, the Pilate and Herod and and all this. Um. Uh, so trying to work this out. Okay, I'm gonna go with um. Uh, what was the second event that you named? Um. First, that uh, that Jesus is examined by. Annas, oh, the Anna. high priest. Yeah, Annas, high priest. Okay, I'm going to say that's first. Okay, right. And then the first appearance of Pilate is second? No. <sighs> oh, this, this Jewish Sanhedrin is second. Yeah, Jewish Sanhedrin, that's right. And then Pilate's first. Yes, although be... there's something in there, though. Oh, is, something is that, else goes. That, that must be where Peter denies. Yeah, because when Peter is, it's in the... It's a, it's during the council when they're moving from one place to another that uh, that Peter denies the Lord three times. So it's in the courtyard of the high priest's house. Right. Yeah. And he sees the cock crow and Jesus looks at him. So that so the denial of Peter comes during the trial by Caiaphas, the high priest, at his home in Jerusalem. Okay. So Peter's now be three, and then the first appearance before Pilate before, and mm-hmm. then he goes to Herod, which is. Mm-hmm. Fifth, and then the second of Pilate is sixth. That's right. So examined by Annas, trial by Caiaphas and the council of the Sanhedrin. Peter's denial appears before Pilate. Pilate sends Jesus to Herod. Herod sends Jesus back to Pilate, um, and then we uh, and then we have all this stuff. Now it's only it's only the Gospel of Luke that tells us of Jesus going to Herod. See, so we have to we have to squeeze that thing in there because if you just had Matthew, Mark, and John, it would. It would be like Jesus just appears before Pilate, but we divide those into two appearances, and we know that from Luke. Very good. Yeah, this is good to sort to sort this out. Um, and, and so we'll put this under the articles uh, tab of our website. But also, uh, you can come back a week later, uh, and there's also on our website the chart you did on uh, uh, the Easter events. So uh, you that's could... even more complicated than this, because after Easter everything goes nutty. Right. People well, are flying all over the place. Can you imagine the people are running around trying to trying to sort this out? So, um, I mean, it's it's interesting that that some of the uh, the the Bible critics are always trying to to show that oh, there's such discontinuity uh, between this. But uh, hey, look, I mean, you have four eyewitness accounts trying to explain these events, and and everything's going on at once. I mean, how how would you expect any more harmony than there is? And I think I think there is a great harmony. Um, speaking of these. Uh, Bible critics and scholars, uh, you should tune uh-huh. in on May 15th at tabletalkradio.org, uh, and you're going to hear a live radio debate uh, from Dr. Dr. David Scare, Concordia Theological Seminary, and uh, Dr. Robert Price, who's a, a fellow for the Jesus Seminar, and he wrote a couple books like The Case Against the Case for Christ and uh, The Reason Driven Life, you know, all these, these books that are on Pastor Wolf on the shelf. Um, they're going to debate on Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? 
and uh, you can hear that debate live. It's going to be a live to our debate, so you can call in during the show and pose your question to Dr. Price or pose your question to Dr. Scare and uh, get their reaction to your question specifically. So that's May 15th at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. We'll be right back. not a radio show it's a relationship stay tuned for more table talk radio the donate now button at tabletalkradio.org is now open for your convenience through paypal you can make fast secure huge donations to the show so visit our website and thanks for listening to table talk radio Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are about to play The Predictable Pastor, and if we have time, The Predictable Seminarian. But first, one more round of uh, Don't, or sorry, I almost said Don't Forget the Events in Holy Week, which is good. You don't want to, <laughs> That's what be what it is, basically. <laughs> All right, let's see what else you got. I want to do, the, for the last thing, the seven last words of Jesus. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't... Now, the, the different people order them differently, so I'll give you the different... There's basically two different options for ordering the last words of Jesus. So I'll give you credit if you get either one of them. Okay. Um, so we have them. Uh, we have these. Tell me if once I get to seven. Okay? Okay. It is finished. I thirst. Behold your mother. Remember that? When mm-hmm. Jesus says to Mary... Be, uh, 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 woman, behold your son. Uh, son, behold your mother. Uh, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And truly, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Oh, this is tough. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to place I thirst towards the end because, um, in fact, I think that's at, towards the very end. Uh, I'm kind of working backwards here. I'm going to mark uh, it is finished as number seven. I thirst is number six. The idea is, I mean, Jesus said it is finished and he gave us his spirit. Um, and he asked for something to drink so that he could give out that cry. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, the guy's, you know, trying to push up with his body for every breath of air. I mean, this is, this is the idea. So six and seven right there. Um, boy, this is tough. Mm-hmm. What, what was the last one you, you gave to me? Truly, truly. I can't remember. I was just reading them out of. Uh, it was truly, truly. Order. Father, forgive them. Behold your mother. Into the into thy hands I commend my spirit. Truly, truly, today you will be with me. In oh yeah, paradise. that's right. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna say, behold your mother is number one. 
you hold your mother, number one. How do you feel about that? <laughs> she wanted some mystical L- experience. Looking for a reaction here. <laughs> I have a feeling that that is wrong, although that could be one of the options. Well, I mean, if she, there's no so objective he, truth here, come on. Well, now, look, she, so I'll, I'll tell you, if you just had Matthew and Mark, you would only have one word of Jesus mm-hmm. from the cross. The only one you would have in Matthew and Mark is Eloi, Eloi, Labak, Sabachthani. That's the only thing Jesus says in Matthew and Mark. Then you have a few in Luke and a few in John. So I think you have three from Luke and three from John. And so to figure out where they come is kind of a tricky little business. Um, so so it could be true. So basically we can group them like this. There's three, three at the beginning, right when Jesus is basically lifted up on the cross. Mm-hmm. There's three that come at the very, very end, and you've gotten two of them. And then there's one that's kind of at the middle or that stands at the, as the center one, um, and it's in the middle of the darkness when Jesus is suffering. So you have kind of so three, then one, then three, and they're okay. in these little groups. All right. I think, behold your mother, forgive them that they don't know not what they do, and uh, truly, truly, I say to you, today will be with me in paradise is the three at the beginning. That's right. Okay. Now, I have them ordered slightly different. Father, forgive them as first. Uh, Son, behold your mother as second. And today you will be with me in paradise as third. Uh, But that's... um but your option there is one of the options that's acceptable. Okay, so, good. Check. So I think what stands in the middle here, and this is actually pretty interesting, what stands in the middle of the seven words of Jesus is the cry of dear election. Right. You're uh, right. Uh, so, you, so you have uh, Father... Eloi, Eloi, Laba, Sabachthani. My God, my God. Yeah, that's right. Why have you forsaken me? Uh, so that that's really that's really fascinating, and we can maybe talk about that with a little bit. And then, so the the, the last ones, um, and I think it will probably go in this order, is uh, I thirst um, into Thy hands I commit my oh no it is finished, and then into Thy hands I commit my spirit. That's right. That's yeah. how I've got it here, and I think that's how it has to be because. Because I thirst and it is finished, come in the Gospel of John. Into thy hands I commit my spirit is in the Gospel of Luke. But John does tell us after he says it is finished, he gave he gave a loud cry. So we assume that that loud cry is the last word. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. Father, into thy hands. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's fantastic to note that of the three prayers that Jesus prays on the cross, the first one is, Father, forgive them. And the last one is, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. But then the middle one is not Father, but my God. Mm. Why have you forsaken me? That, I think, is really incredible. Hmm. Yeah, very good. All right, let's get into this game, The Predictable Pastor. How this works is I'm going to, I'm actually going to read from a book uh, here for Pastor Wolfmuller, and uh, I'm going to write down certain things that I think he will say in response. And uh, for every one that I get right, uh, I get 200 points. So I think I think that works out pretty good, don't you? Oh uh, yeah, how many points? Two. Two hundred points. Oh, two hundred. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is very. You're gonna have loads of points. You're not catching. gonna know what to know what to do with all your points. <laughs> okay, so I will admit that this is tough to do because um, this this what I'm trying to get across for you to respond to is a is an argument, uh, and this particular author flushes out the argument over several pages. So I'm trying to to piecemeal several paragraphs together to get this across but if you need me to kind of draw it together after i read them uh, that's fine uh, but we'll manage here's, here's a, a handful of paragraphs for your consideration 
When the man asks about getting eternal life, he isn't asking about how to get to heaven when he dies. This wasn't a concern for the man or Jesus. This is why Jesus doesn't tell people how to get to heaven. It wasn't what Jesus came to do. He's talking about the rich man who approaches Jesus and asks how to get to heaven, or how, sorry, uh, how to inherit eternal life. Jesus' disciples ask him in Matthew 24, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Because this is how they had been taught to think about things, this age and then the age to come. Okay? So according to Jesus, there is an age, an eon, uh, the one they and we are living in, and then a coming age, so-called the world to come, or simply eternal life. Okay, and then I'll flip a few pages. Are you reading Love Wins? Perhaps. <laughs> That's the guy, Rob Bell? Is that Rob yeah, Bell's Rob book? Bell, Love yeah. Wins? You got it. That's what you're reading? That's what I'm reading right now. I'm a bunch of hooey. <laughs> the standard answered was to live the commandments. God has shown you how to live. Live that way. The more you become a person of peace and justice and worship and generosity, the more actively you participate now in ordering and working to bring about God's kind of world, uh, the more you, the more ready you will be to assume an even greater role in the age to come. You know, these guys were always sitting there. Their whole thing was, hey, we're not liberals. We're not liberals. We're just hip evangelicals. <laughs> but now I think they've given up the ruse. <laughs> All right. That's ridiculous. I've got... Uh, Two, oh, yeah. Two Did more. you predict that I'd say any of those things? Two, two more. No, Did I didn't. Did you predict that I'd use the word ridiculous? <laughs> no, I didn't get no. that either. Oh, hold your comments so, so you can get them all in one thought process. Mm-hmm. Jesus uh, takes the man's question about life then and makes it about the kind of life he's living now. Oh. Jesus drags the future into the present, promising the man that there will be a treasure in heaven for him if he can do it. And last but not least... It often appears that those who talk about going to heaven when you die talk the least about bringing heaven to earth right now, as Jesus taught us to pray. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. At the same time, it often appears that those who talk the most about relieving suffering talk the least about heaven when we die. All right, go. Uh, that's, well, that's, of course, crazy nonsense. I mean, Jesus comes as the Redeemer, as the person to rescue us. Now, it's true, it is true, uh, that he gives us some of this joy and peace in this life, in the forgiveness of our sins. We have it by faith. But to say that, it, 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 that every, all the gifts of God are immediate and just for the now, and that Jesus has no interest in the, in the life uh, to come, is, is completely, completely absurd. I mean, for, Jesus even says it before Pilate. When Pilate wants him to whittle things down, he says, "He says, uh, look at uh, my kingdom is not of this world, and you will see this." And he says it to the uh, 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 to the council, the Jewish council, the Sanhedrin. You will see the Son of Man coming in glory. I mean, the fact that he's coming to call people out of the grave and to and to remake creation uh, is a chief characteristic of his preaching. So, anyways, this is just. Dumb. Anything and else you want to say in the nuts. next 15 seconds? <laughs> what, do you have anything you'd like me to say, Evan? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Ten seconds. <laughs> uh, so our hope is heaven. I mean, lift up your eyes. Your redemption draws near. I'm coming back to judge the heaven and the earth. This, this life is only for a little while, and we can do what we can, but it, it's passing away. All right. Well, I only got one uh, item right for 200, so I'm up to 800. But I, I knew that you were going to talk about the... Uh, 
uh, the, the fact that what what Christ earned for us does have present realities, and that that is true. Um, and, and so we don't want to deny that. But he goes too far. I thought you were going to talk more about uh, the man's works, that uh, it's up to you to bring these in. So. Oh, yeah. It is all, right. all law, no gospel. That's it for Table Talk Radio. Uh, where the points are like the theology You've of Rob Bell, Bell, to Table Talk Radio. That's miserable. The views expressed on this show are that <laughs> I don't even think our points are that miserable. the views or opinions <laughs> of this station. We That's would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.